Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 206 of Final Fantasy Union. I am your host, Daryl, and I'm here, as always, with Lauren. Hi. Are you on a calm down now from the trailer? Yeah, a bit. I was going to say, are you really excited? But <laughs> it, it was like a week ago now, so... I know, it's really strange. Like, it's kind of trying to remember everything that was revealed and also try to separate it from what we knew before. Yeah, it's it's yeah, a complication. Like, it, it has been a weird meld of like them showing the same stuff they showed before, but in different ways. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the trailer was good. It was um, it was interesting to see, and uh, yeah, it just it just feels like TGS just kind of came and went. Yeah, it's weird because I I feel like TGS in the last couple of years at least, I've always been much more aware that it's been happening. Yeah. Like E3, you know it's E3. You know, kind of like the press conferences. The press conferences are in the in the lead up, uh, and you know when the actual uh, event is taking place. TGS though just seemed to kind of happen, mm. and there was stuff happening way before TGS. I wasn't even really too sure when the actual event was taking place, just because there was stuff coming out of left field all the time. Yeah, and it was really difficult to to kind of keep up with things. From our, from our perspective, we also had a lot going on during that yeah, time. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. I was at a conference uh, when the trailer dropped. Um, so <laughs> I was a bit like, oh, okay. The new trailer for Final Fantasy VII Remake has dropped and I can't actually watch it because I have no Wi-Fi and I'm not using up my mobile data. Yay. So as you probably gathered, today we're going to be talking about TGS. Yay. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Crazy. Hmm. Crazy sauce. Crazy sauce. Um, and yeah, we're just going to go into that after we've done our Patreon shout out. So um, hopefully uh, you can all appreciate the executive producers we have on the show before we get into our huge mega discussion about the trailer and also the the the, um, the stage demo that Katazi led, mm. which should be exciting. Totally. So we're going to kick things off for our Patreon supporters with Nahi Klablawi. Guide Seeker. Chris Morales. Michael Graham. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Thurn Bullen at Massacre 23. Tori Patrick. Fayez Bilal. Louis James. Zach Duranto. Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray. Mohammed Graham. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster 73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namejin. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Miles Ribbons. David Caro. Chris Pope at Dr. Pop 181. Janik Naud at Janik Naud. Freya Stuller. Hunter Morgan. Flip Seard Nuss. And Tom Hughes. Who is a new Patreon supporter. Welcome, Tom. Welcome. Thank you. And thank you, everyone else, for your support as well. It is so appreciated. Thank you so much. All right. So we were just talking about it anyway because we just wanted to talk about it. Mm. Um, but our main topic today is the Final Fantasy VII Remake, specifically all the coverage that happened at the Tokyo Game Show. And we're going to split this into two segments. So first of all, we have the trailer. Then we have the the stage demonstration where they had a demo and they revealed some other information. So obviously, as Lauren mentioned, she was at a conference when the trailer hit. Um, we... I mean, I was kind of like in, I don't know, I, I was trying to look after our two kids by myself through the two days, and I was really not focusing on what was going on at the Tokyo Game Show. Super dad. 
Super Dad, yep. And then, so I think it was like Thursday after Thursday evening. Mm. Uh, I messaged you during the day. Yeah, to you say did. That and you were just like, saw it, processing. <laughs> and then in the evening, I actually had the chance to properly look at everything that had happened, which was, I think was about six to 12 hours after everyone else yeah. <laughs> seemed to have really got into it. Um, I think my initial thoughts were, I don't want to say like underwhelmed because mm. that makes it seem really, really bad. But I don't, I wasn't, I wasn't like as really stoked about it as I was the E3 trailer. Yeah. It was a, it was still a really, really good trailer. They had so many cool pieces of information in there. They obviously showed off new characters and there were kind of like, whoa, what was that moments in there too? But I think for me, my initial thought was that the the E3 trailer, they it was really the first time for them to showcase what's this remake about? Yeah. Like, this is the tone. This is what we're going for. Here's the gameplay. Everything you're seeing is pretty much new and you've never seen anything like it before. Yeah. There was so much in that trailer to digest, to look at how they were like reinterpreting the game um how like all the different character designs how they were updating everything the gameplay mechanics how that was all working this trailer didn't have that aspect to it it was more about them just showing a bit more of that kind of stuff yeah i don't know if you felt the same but like, it was I did. I said it wasn't it was, it was underwhelming it's just that it didn't have that same kind of like bam yeah um well one it was like it was really fast paced. Like there was like editing the video for um, the YouTube. It was so hard to get clips for everything. I kept having to repeat the same clip because there was just nothing else. Like cloud is a frog. There was like five, like not even five seconds worth of that content. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just hard because what they revealed is kind of, um, yeah, it's just it's just kind of second to when they revealed like Tifa. Like Tifa was like a big thing. And um not saying that the Turks are bad by any means, but the Turks aren't as big as Tifa. And it was expected. Yeah. And if I'm honest, like I'm I'm still a bit uncertain about Reno's look. Mm. Like I love Reno. Like I really, really loved him in the original and i loved him in advent children and he was just like this really really cute guy like he just looked really cute and this guy just looks really sort of swarmy he's almost like seymour but, but then like if you think about how he was in the first game like i was watching it again today yeah when cloud falls through and lands in the sector five church and you just see reno in the background kind of coming in he looks like a massive creeper. Mm. He really does. Like his face is so dodgy. Mm. And sure, that's the graphics of the time. But yeah. even like Cloud and Aerith, they look like not necessarily... Just your average yeah, people like, rolling whereas, around in the garden. Whereas you know? Reno looked really like sinister and evil. Yeah, it's true. And obviously, this... Advent Children, they completely changed it. And I think that's one of the problems they've had mm. is that... In Advent Children, they changed a lot of the characters to be what people thought they were as opposed to what they wanted them to be. Mm. So that was one of the um, things that Nomura had said about Cloud is that actually in Final Fantasy VII, by the end of the game, Cloud isn't a massive depressive, melancholic person. He's actually like reasonably upbeat. Yeah. But the perception from the public was that 
he was this really like depressive person so in advent children that's what they made him because they didn't want the perception to be different they didn't want to have to explain like oh why isn't cloud like moping around all the time it's like well because he's not actually meant to be moping around he just saved the world (laughs) yeah yeah so i guess that's the thing i think it's just it's just a transition it's not that it's it's not that he looks bad although like you do see a lot of cleavage, a lot of man cleavage. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah. But I, I, when you look at his original design, it is kind of that way. It's just that in Advent Children, he wasn't that way. But the biggest thing is the fact that the original basically had zippers instead of buttons for yeah, the blazers. Never realized that. No, me neither. Their blazers had no buttons. It was just a zipper. That's so weird. But now they've like ditched them in all of them. They all have buttons now. Which is weird yeah. for Nomura to remove yeah. zippers. But we saw it. There <laughs> are now the belt. there's mini belts holding the blazers to clip, yep. uh, um, holding them enclosed. Why have zippers when you can have belts? So I think what you said earlier actually really touched on to maybe why this trailer didn't hit me mm. as much as the E3 one. And I have to again specify and clarify and, and whatever the trailer was still really good. The yeah. trailer was still really good. And like we both watched it and we're just like, we need to play this game right now. Yeah. We just really need, really need to play it. But I think what you touched on earlier around the pacing was maybe why. So I think we all knew that Tifa was going to be real to E3, but the way they did it just was so much better than the way they showed off the Turks, I think. Yeah. Because with the Turks, it was like, okay, so they, they say a small line, fast paced action. And it was like, yeah, there was everything was like two, three seconds. So like you think the Reno one, they showed him walking in, saying a thing, and then he's instantly zooming behind Cloud. You don't even have a, a moment to really comprehend that. And then he's, you're into the boss fight. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene was Rude saying like a, a really small line, and then you're into the boss fight. Yeah. Like and the pacing was really, really, really whereas, quick. Whereas with the E3 trailer, it was like they had the Tifa moment and they made it like they introduced Tifa's theme. Mm-hmm. Like it was really slow paced. You got to really like absorb her as a character. They had some more kind of mellow story sequences because after that they went on to the, the bar scene with her talking to Cloud. Yeah, there was just like, yeah, there was a bit of a time to breathe, really. Whereas this trailer um, didn't really have that. I felt it was it was much more kind of like... We're going to show as many possible things as we can yeah. in a really quick succession. Because it was only just over two and a half minutes long. Yeah. Um, but with that, oh my God, the section that they chose to use for Rude's um, boss fight where he's just like tearing around Cloud by the light, uh, by the angles and throwing him at Aerith. <laughs> oh my god i'm not gonna be able to keep it straight face for that i really am not that just looks so funny i'm really curious to see actually how they position the turks because yeah rude seemed like he had a bit there was a bit of a comical nature to to his character but reno seemed deadly serious mm. and obviously in advent children going back to the changes they made them the comic relief characters yeah like reno was definitely a goofball but like i mean when I do think about how he was in the original game versus Advent Children, he wasn't. He wasn't really as much of a goofball in the original. He was more scary, more yeah. creepy. They were serious. They had a job to do. <clears throat> and like I think Sung's going to be the same because obviously yeah. they are integral to the Sector 7 plate collapse. And yeah. they show 
literally no remorse for anything they're doing. No, no. I am looking forward to saying actually, song saying, um, just uh, his scene in the Temple of the Ancients, um, where he sort of like oh, almost reveals like, that he's like got feelings for Aerith and, and stuff, like, and he's like bleeding out because yeah. he got stabbed by Sephiroth. Well, yeah, Genova. I'm just wondering how they're how they're gonna play that, but. I mean, obviously, I don't know if that's going to happen. That's this games time. in the future. Yeah, that's games in the future. But um, I was, I like, even though I know that Elena obviously doesn't appear until after you leave Midgar, I was kind of surprised they didn't have her in at this point. But I guess they have to hold stuff back for their future games. It should have been a trailer completely just focused on the Turks. It should have just been a Turks trailer, honestly. Yeah, and I think I think that then goes back to what we were saying right at the beginning about them just kind of rehashing things that they'd previously done but expanding more upon it like the the fact that we'll talk about later but the 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 demo they showed off was the apps fight which they obviously showed off in a previous trailer yeah Um, like if they had just focused on the turks like a hundred percent um i don't know if they have anything ready for they must have something ready for rufus but like hinted at rufus like that would mm. have been really cool because they showed off um you had the three turks re rune uh, <laughs> re- rune <laughs> uh reno rude sung they had don Corneo, who they showed off really really briefly yeah like and that was again really hard because it was like I don't know, like four seconds of him just saying something. But then I guess that the thing is, is that if they show any more, they show Girl Cloud. And if they show Girl Cloud... Well, no, there's lots of different sequences. And like they could have done what they did in the E3 trailer. No, mm-hmm. the, the, the teaser trailer prior to E3, where they showed off Tifa in like the menu system. They like mm-hmm. They just purposely changed the game so that Tifa wasn't actually in the fighting, even though she was it's there. It's true. It's very true. They could have done a lot more than just kind of have him say a couple of lines of dialogue because he's going to have way more than that in the actual game. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, as you said, they, they didn't show off Rufus. They didn't show off Hojo. We haven't seen Scarlet, Reeve, Palmer yet. There's loads of characters we still haven't seen that are part of that whole sequence. Yeah. Like they could have taken advantage of this moment and made just like a villain trailer. Yeah, but as um, you said, they, they could have just focused on the Turks and that would have been perfectly fine. Yeah. They would have three characters who were central to everything. Don Caneo didn't necessarily need to feature during that trailer, but it's nice that he did. Yeah, and I mean, like, if he is if he is voiced by Mark Hamill as well, which people are thinking, people are wondering if it is, um, that would be interesting too. But honestly, like, I'm not sure that he is because I feel like he would have said by now. I don't know if they're allowed to yet. Oh, uh, they're not allowed to. Well, no one else. They haven't announced the voice actors for any of the other characters, the other three characters, right? Like President Shinra, Heidegger, Rude, Reno. It seems to be a very specific um, array of characters that have announced so far. The other interesting thing about the trailer was that they, they showed off a quote unquote new character. Mm. Now, we don't know if this is actually a new character or if it's just a boss fight from an unnamed person, but it was a member of Soldier. Yeah. And the original game had first, second, and third class soldiers that you fought against, but they didn't have any personality. They all wore the same outfits. Uh, they all kind of looked like the generic soldiers that you see in Crisis Core. Yeah. There were no other members of Soldier that had the level of personality where they got their own design. Yeah. So it's kind of hinting that it's a unique character. Cloud kind of acts as if he well he knows he's from soldier 
he's using like the soldier first class sword it's got the insignia on it um so and it's obviously taking part in a new part of the story that wasn't in the original game because it's on a motorbike chase with avalanche which obviously never happened yeah um so that's going to be really interesting and the other thing that's interesting for me is that yeah there's going to be like loads of new sequences with avalanche yeah i mean he does kind of look like uh demix from kingdom hearts like he definitely looks like uh demix from organization 13 um but yeah i just wonder because it's it's really hard you almost have to take everything they say with a grain of salt because in the past they definitely said no new characters there's no new characters we're what, just gonna, uh, it's like i'm just gonna just gonna stop oh, you there at that they said no new characters, but they may bring characters in from the the wider compilation if it's if they deem it necessary. Yeah, but and, is he? Well, I mean, that's the thing. He could be uh, Luxier or mm. um, Kunsel. Mm. Uh, obviously, both of those guys knew Zack. They didn't know. Yeah. Cl- they may have known Cloud, but I don't think they did. Yeah. And obviously, they they knew that Zack and Angeal had the Buster Sword. If they see a guy walking around with the Buster Sword, they're probably going to have some questions. Yeah, it's true. It will be interesting to see what they to see what they do. Why why they've added this in? Um, also, I mean, going back to Reno, they added a boss fight with Reno and Rude and Rude, but um, more specifically the one in the in the church. Um, which there was the kind of thing. I, I'm guessing they're getting rid of the barrel game, the barrels mini game. I mean, based on what they've done so far, it would not surprise me if they kept that in in some form. In some capacity, maybe. Because, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just that you were running away, weren't you? You, you were, didn't actually fight. Yeah, Rouge. you were trying to escape. You could fight against some of the Shinra soldiers, I believe, if they yeah. caught up with you. Yeah, yeah, But no, Reno. But mostly it was just avoiding. Yeah. Um, we also got to see Aerith in her pretty dress. A we little did. bit. A we little did. bit. Like... They're really, they're really keeping everything under wraps. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, there's literally zero reason for them to show off the cloud cross-dressing before yeah. the game comes out. Yeah, they might as well keep that a surprise. But you know the minute that that goes live, like people are going to play it to that scene and it's going to be everywhere. Yep, because it's the everywhere. one thing they're looking forward to for some reason. I think it's just because it's the most controversial scene. It's just something that like people were thinking, they can't do this again. They can't do this in 2019. What are they thinking? 2020 now. Um, they can't do that. And Square Enix is just being like, no, no, we're going to do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. <laughs> we're living up to it. Um, but either way, um, it should be, yeah. Should be interesting. Yes, I mean the trailer obviously was mostly around the the new boss fights, the new characters. Um, they did show off summons very briefly, but we'll talk about that in a bit more in a second because of the demo they showed off. Um, but obviously, as Lauren said, they showed off the frog status effect. Yeah, and that I think is one of the things where people are like, "How are they going to do things like that?" Yeah, apparently very well. Yeah, um, I mean it seemed to work. The really curiosity well. now comes into how the other characters are going <laughs> to look in frog status. Yeah, because we've seen Cloud's frog, and it has a mini Buster Sword, it's which so is amazing. Cute. Obviously, there's other things like mini status. 
Like, how's that going to work out? Like, yeah. it's just going to just shrink Little them out of that And they also showed off some of the mini games as well. So we got to see the squat challenge. We got to see a new pull-up challenge. There was darts. And I'm guessing these are going to be accessible at some, like, when you just, whenever you feel like going back to the gym. Because there's no gold yeah. saucer in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing so. I mean, it is interesting that they're adding in Tifa. Um... But I wonder what else, yeah, I do wonder what else they're like adapting or just mm. changing. Um, then I guess it's the music really. Like the music is not, it's it's good. Um, it's a whole reorchestration. Yeah. So they're trying to stick with the original soundtrack as much as possible. Uh, I think there is some new music though that they're, they're creating around different battle sequences kind of similar to what they did with Final Fantasy 15 because obviously the original game only had like three pieces of main battle music no two pieces of main battle music yeah so they're trying to diversify things a little bit more so that you have not just one generic fight piece of music throughout the whole game mm-hmm. there's going to be different fight music depending on the location you're fighting in from what i understand and then obviously there's the different boss fights uh, that there's going to be as well so there's, it feels like, yeah, they're going to try and be as faithful to the original soundtrack as possible. Uematsu is supposedly involved in a supervisory capacity to make sure that people aren't bastardizing his original work. Yeah. Um, but we still don't know who the composer is, though. No. Which is weird. Yeah. Uh, I guess the other thing about the trailer was that they, even though it was very short, there were small snippets that really went to highlight how the story is going to change. So we mentioned about the sequences with Avalanche. There's going to be way more exposition around Jesse, Biggs and Wedge. Whole new sequences where you get to learn more about them and do more missions with them. There's the whole Watchers of Fate thing, which we don't really understand at this point, which Mm. could either be um, remnants of the Cetra or either um, the remnants of Sephiroth, like the Black Cloaked Men flying around. But the weird thing for me was the President Shinra sequence, which has changed. Yeah. So... It makes the, sense, though. It does make sense, because in the original game, he just turned up and was like, oh, by the way, I'm late for dinner. See you later. Yeah. This one, he's is now a hologram, and he's going to talk some smack. But he mentioned about uh, thinking that they were from Wutai, mm. which was interesting, because obviously in Crisis Core, the whole thing was that Wutai were at war with Shinra. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't really mentioned really too much in the base Final Fantasy VII game. It really came much more into it with all the compilation stuff. Yeah. So that is probably being done to start building up Wutai in future games because obviously Wutai in Final Fantasy VII was optional. The whole place was optional. Yeah. So they probably don't want to do that again. No. So that's interesting i thought that they were yeah, trying to build I mean, up the story in that way yeah yeah it obviously shows that they're taking steps to combine all of the compilation i wonder to what extent they will incorporate things like yuffie and stuff like i, I i'm guessing yuffie is not going to be in this one i probably not know but i don't think they're going to be optional anymore no no i don't think they can be anymore um but yeah, I mean, it's just the thing. It just seems, it's just hard. It's really hard to sort of discuss it because like there's so there's so much that they've showed us, but there's so little. Yeah, it's like, just speculation still at this it point. It really is. Um, the gameplay seems really interesting. 
um, still. So but, let's talk about yeah, that then. So yeah, yeah. there's loads we can talk about with the gameplay, specifically a new feature they're adding in. Mm. So a couple of days after they showed off the new trailer, Kataze had a live demo where he talked about a lot of the different things that they'd shown in the trailer, mm-hmm. but also ran through a boss fight against apps. Yeah. Now we'd mentioned previously before that apps just looks really crazy now compared <laughs> to what he was before. Yeah. And in this boss fight, you had Cloud, Tifa and Aerith. Uh, I guess the main thing from a combat perspective that was was weird for me, but I guess it makes sense, is that Aerith has now been made a ranged character. Mm. So obviously in the original game, she had a pole and she used to jump Whack through the air and it. smack people with it. Yep. Now she fires projectiles from her pole, which is, I guess, for the balancing of the game, because it's now like a 3D action fighter Um it makes more sense. So she's now much more of a support character in a literal sense. You, mm. you, she can still do melee damage, but it's it's very much from a safe distance. And they're adding new abilities for her, such as one called Holy Circle, which means that she can do like area of effect healing spells. And so that one, she lays down like a circle around her. And then anyone who goes into the circle can cast spells, but they get repeated. So like a triple or a double. Yeah, essentially. sure. So that's quite cool. Uh, I guess the, the other big thing, though, was that they they revealed classic mode. Mm. Now, this is an interesting mode. <laughs> Basically, when they talked about the combat within the E3 demonstration, they showed off the new ATB system. Yeah. They ran through all the various mechanics, such as if you hit things, then you get your ATB bar charged up. Um, but there's there needs to be a certain degree of prowess in terms of how you play the game. The other characters that aren't in your control will just kind of play themselves. But classic mode is really designed for... They're saying it's designed for people that played the original game that have essentially been kicking off around the fact it's not turn-based anymore. Yeah. They wanted the original gameplay and they're really upset about the fact the remake is action-adventure. Mm-hmm. So they've designed classic mode. And in classic mode... All of the party will fight automatically. Mm-hmm. They will do kind of the grunt work uh, attacks, like square and triangle attacks to build up the ATB bar. And then your role is essentially to use the ATB bar to cast magic, to yeah. do special moves, to do limit breaks, to do summons, whatever, just as you would have done in the original. Because pressing attack in the original was pretty much just on autopilot. I don't care what anyone says and how much people throw shade at Final Fantasy 13 for being auto battle. Mm. Final Fantasy 7 and all the other ones are pretty much the same most of the time. You're just pressing X to hit attack. Yeah. And you just whack the button and then great. Hope for the best. Yeah. The earlier games I'd say were slightly different. You had to really to think a lot more about which magics you wanted to use and the different combinations. It was much more thought out. Mm. But I'd say like Final Fantasy 8 or Final Fantasy VII Beyond, there's a long time spending just pressing the attack yeah. button. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've basically designed classic mode for people who prefer the old ATB system. So you don't have to spend the time running around the battlefield, doing menial attacks. Yeah. The AI will just play the game for you, build up the ATB system, and then you can just pause it, do the attacks you want to do, and done. Yeah. The reason why this is slightly weird, though, um, and I guess they've done it because they, yeah, to try and appease those people. But 
but essentially they're positioning it as very easy mode. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's the no challenge mode. Yeah. Because the AI is going to do everything for you. So if you lose, really, it's kind of on you. Yeah. And it seems to be a growing trend in terms of games putting this kind of mode in. We just know that Kojima has put a similar mode into Death Stranding, where you can basically just watch the game. Yeah. And it will complete itself for you. Yeah. Because they want people to experience it. And I think that's a valid thing. Like, there are so many people out there that just aren't competent in video games. And I think it's really easy for us to sit here as people who have been playing games for like 20, 30 years and say, oh, well, how can you not play that? But my mom can't play games. Yeah. But that doesn't mean she doesn't want to enjoy them. She just doesn't have like, or maybe people that like have arthritis in their fingers and just can't actually use controller and they're completely locked out of all these experiences. Yeah. And it's not like other entertainment mediums where like movies and books, you can still read yeah you can still sit there and watch a movie it doesn't get progressively harder to read outside of watching let's plays you can't actually experience games for yourself you can't do it yourself yeah it's like watching someone else watch a movie yeah (laughs) yeah, you don't want to do that you like much rather watch it yourself yeah absolutely yeah no i think like i have no qualms about it like you know i've never been one to sort of judge people based off of their difficulty levels in which they choose to play games um there's hard really really difficult games and there's a place for them and there's you know a time for them doesn't really affect me whatsoever i'm not going to choose that mode and i'm not going to judge somebody for choosing that mode like i guess the only the only devil's advocate thing i would say is that yeah okay so i completely understand that uh, it's really nice that they have the different modes in there to cater for different people's skill levels. Mm-hmm. And there's no mention of a hard mode yet or anything like that, but I'm sure they'll put that in at some point, probably patched. I guess the argument is that they've obviously had to spend time creating this very easy mode. Yeah. Could they have put that time into something else? Based on the way they're describing it, I don't think it's probably actually taken that much time in this instance, for example. Like all mm-hmm. the characters have their own AI routines anyway. Yeah. They're all playing themselves. The only difference is that you control one of them. Yeah. So I guess they've just made it so that you control none of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not a mode for me, but if it helps somebody else, I'm, I'm happy for them to just put it in. Because we had Mr. Han on Discord ask us, does this mode represent an admission of defeat? Essentially, (laughs) like you, you admit that you are not good enough to play the game the Mm. way it was intended so you're having to rely on classic mode to get through it. Mm. And I'd say in some instances, yeah, that's probably true. But mm. there are some people that, as I said, just can't do it or don't want to do it yeah. in that way. Or there's like kids who are just coming into the series for the first time and are just kind of like, whoa, wait, what? what is all this stuff? You know, it's yeah, just, I just you want to press know. that button and make him do that move Yeah, when the like, bar fills. Allie will love that mode if we let her play. Probably not anytime soon. Um, but yeah, she's got another 10 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I honestly, like I don't have, I, I just, I don't care. Like I honestly don't care if they want to put that mode in, they put that mode in. I'm, I'm perfectly happy for them too. I just won't play it. I think it's just really nice that they've been so accommodating because honestly, yeah. when they announced the new ATB system, we both saw it and just like, 
this is such a perfect tribute to the original game because yeah. it accommodates for both the action style gameplay but it also has like the whole uh, like freeze frame wait mode where you can take that time to really think about what decisions you want to take at that time mm. you can send commands to the other people in your party and it just seemed like the best of both worlds but obviously they decide no we really want to make a mode that actually caters for people who want to play the game like Final Fantasy VII was playable. Yeah. And I think that's, I think it's commendable yeah. more than anything. Although I do wonder what Emerald Weapon will be like on that mode. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, dunk, all right, done. So the other big thing that they showed off during the apps fight was the summons. They mm. showed them off in the trailer very briefly. We got to see Ifrit and Shiva. Mm-hmm. But in the demo, we actually got to see how they work. Yeah. So it seems to be a combination of Kingdom Hearts 3, Final Fantasy 15, Final Fantasy 12, and Final Fantasy 13. <laughs> and I say it's a combination of all of those things because it's not like the earlier games where you could just say, equip, summon, cast, summon. Mm. You just can't do that anymore. Yeah. You do have some choice, though. So I'd say it's it's kind of similar to certain systems. So Final Fantasy 15, you had no choice when a summon came. Yeah. It just kind of appeared. No, you, you could still... T- you, no, it, it kind of like appeared and you could say, yeah, I want to do it or no, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Final F- uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 was the same. Um, and Final Fantasy 15, no one really knows how it picked it. Some yeah. theories are about whether or not you're struggling in battle or not. Kingdom Hearts 3 was very much... Uh, it's like the attraction flows and all those it's things. It's situational. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was situational. Um, Final Fantasy... And I, that's why I say this is similar to that. Because basically, you can equip one summon material per character before the start of the fight. From what I understand, you can only use the summons in certain situations. But when you attack, the, the summon gauge will fill up. Mm. When the summon gauge is then full which theoretically will only happen if you're in a in a tough fight or you're struggling because otherwise fights won't be long enough for the guard, the the bar to fill up anyway. Yeah. Uh so you can't just go to a random fight and use a summon like you could in the original game obviously. Yeah. Um now when you do the summon it's 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 like a combination of 12 and 13. So in 12 uh trying to rack my brain here i can't remember if that was either the one where the summon replaced the party member who who summoned i think it's that the summon replaced the other party members Mm. and in 13 it was the summon replaced the other party members in this game the summon is just there Mm. so he's running around the battlefield with you doing his own thing um he has you can use your atb bar instead of using your own abilities you can use abilities for the summon instead Mm-hmm. which is nice and they basically just have a timer so after a certain period of time they will disappear and when they go they'll do their super move essentially which is basic uh, is it like 10 um well no because no. you have to actually get the overdrive in order to do oh, it true, but yeah. it's a bit like <laughs> honestly it's like it's it's kind of a bit like the city yeah in the sense that like yeah like the city yeah people they, they oh, come yeah, in no, and then they point. attack yeah. and then they and then yeah they do their final summon at the end um so it's basically a combination of every single summon thing they've done for the last since final fantasy 10 onwards it's pretty cool um i mean it helps it will definitely it definitely seems like it's a positive in the sense that like the summons will be useful yeah and i think that's the one thing they really tried to stress is that because you can only equip one summon per character 
And obviously there's going to be quite a lot of summons by the sounds of things. Yeah. The summons will really help to turn the tide in battles. So they showed off in the apps fight, if you use Ifrit, he's weak to fire. So if you're using certain moves of Ifrit's using your ATB bar, you can set apps on fire, mm. which obviously is going to do a lot of damage. He then has to dive in the water to put himself out. But basically he doesn't like Ifrit. <laughs> if you decided to use Leviathan or maybe Shifa, Shifa, Shiva, then you probably won't have the same effect. And Katari was basically saying that like you really have to think about the summon material you equip going into these fights because it will make a big difference to how easy or difficult they end up being. Mm. It seems interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to what the other summons are going to be like, which ones they're going to have available. Um, obviously, you still have the ones that uh, are going to come with the DLC, the um, the pre-order bonuses, pre-order yeah. bonuses. Uh, whether or not they'll make them available right off the bat or you have to wait until you can get them. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think they look really spiffy. They look fun. Shiva looks really cool. Ifrit looks really cool. Yeah. It is kind of is what it is, isn't it? I just wonder like, if they're going to carry it over through the... Um, they must be carrying it over through the games. Yeah, the so like, you'll get Ifrit in part one and part two. Yeah. Well, we still don't know what they're going to do about character progression, whether no. or not things are going to carry over with, that you had in the first game. It's all it's all just up in the air, which makes it so hard to sort of think about what they're going to do. So, yeah, that's the end of our discussion about the TGS stuff. Bloom. Bloom. But yeah, um, overall, I'm excited. I just want to play it. I know. That's all. I, just, I, don't, I don't really want to see anything more anymore. I just want to play it. And maybe that's part of the part of the thing as well is just the fact that like yeah like there's nothing else that i want to see i just want to play yeah and maybe that's why yeah underwhelming is probably the wrong word but it's just uh, yeah there's nothing there's nothing more i need to see to convince yeah. me that this is going to be good it's like you don't need to do anything more square just just stop you're you're fine you're good you've already i've already given you my money it's fine pretty much it's, fine. <laughs> it's good. So, uh, music this episode is a Final Fantasy VII remake track. Mm. People have started to work on arrangements for it already. Um, this is by a composer called Alex McCullough, who is a film composer, has lots of sass in his videos. So, hopefully, you guys uh, can go check him out on YouTube. But he does reorchestrations based on the music they've showed so far in the trailers and even did a natural. Uh, his own take about how the e3 trailer should have sounded musically mm. um so yeah this is uh his recreation essentially of the macro reactor music that they showed during the demo mm. the next episode of final fantasy union is scheduled to come out on the 8th of october be sure to check out all our news coverage on finalfantasyunion.com and of course if you enjoy what we do please support us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash ffkhunion all right, with that, it's time for us to say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. And this is Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs>